Hi folks, welcome to Sparkles for Mental Health, Personal Growth in Five Dimensions. I'm Dr. Christine Sauer, your host, and I'm excited to have Tom Glaser. Oh no, Tom Glaser. I'm That's sorry, I say it wrong. That's my German heritage. So Tom Glaser on the call, and Tom is an accomplished 35-year long psychologist and yoga instructor and an interesting human being. Welcome to the show, Tom. Thanks for having me, Christine. I'm just thrilled to be with you today. So before I let you do your little experiment that you're famous for, let me ask you my famous question. Okay, fair is fair. I always want to know from my guests, why are you so passionate about doing what you're doing and being a best-selling author, going out there in the world, spreading the message? Oh my gosh, why am I so passionate? I feel like part of that is part of the great mystery, right? Some of it I can't explain. There's 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 a pull uh, that I feel like Christine is from beyond. Across the veil, something I can't even begin to put words to. What I do know is I have great joy about doing what I do. Um, it lights me up and I see how it lights other people up. So what does that mean? Lights people up right? That you see a sparkle in the eye. You, you see something happening, even though it's nonverbal, you see something changing behind their eyes, in their mind. You see behaviors beginning to change. You see lives change. And to be a part of that, there's just nothing more satisfying. And that's what I believe we all need to do is to find activities that feed our souls and that make a difference for the better in the world. And that We'll get to this soon. This is what happier people do. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it at that for now, though. You know, I love the way you said it and what you said. Mm, thank because you. I'm all about sparkles. Yes. And uh, you, you, you see if somebody is happy and not happy all the time, but on yeah. average. And they yes. have that energy, that sparkle in their eye, as you mentioned it. That is so amazing. Amazing. Nothing like it. Yes. Uh, it's wonderful to bring that out and help a dimmed, a dimmed sparkle start slowly get light again. Yes. Awesome. I'm excited to have met you. Now, you have some interesting things that you try to experiment with. Go yes. ahead. Yes. And you're being very brave right now. You don't know, you know a little bit about what this is. I told you the basic structure, but barely. Um, so I'll explain this activity. Um, well, this is my motto. I got that. Life is short. Do what matters. Yes. Do matters. stuff that matters. Yes. Okay, from Danny Ainey from Myra City. He's a business coach, but a nice guy. Ah, uh, yes. So. So this, we're going to do, we're going to, um, um, actually do the process that I came up to through my public speaking gigs based on my book. So this is what's called a conversation spark. I'm going, you don't know what's the spark is. It's, it's, it's a, um, it's a um, conversation starter. Um, and you're going to have about two minutes to just respond from the heart spontaneously. I'm going to listen very deeply to you. And I'm going to listen for two specific things. I'm going to listen for your themes and your values. And after the two minutes, 
where you spontaneously respond to this conversation prompt, I will give you feedback based on what I heard might be your themes and values for about two minutes also. And then we'll just talk about what that was like. And from there, if you like, we'll talk about how I came upon this activity. Yes. And we're going to be noticing too, you and I, as we do this, how connected we feel to the other and how connected we feel to ourselves. Mm. So clear enough what we're doing? I'll... Okay, I'll put my... As, what they, as they say in English, clear as mud. Yes, clear as mud. Yes, my band teacher used to say that <laughs> after giving us complicated instructions on where we were to go on the field. In German, oh. it's called a uh, uh, dumpling broth. Dumpling broth. Okay. Very unclear. <laughs> it's cloudy. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll somehow make our way. Okay. So your conversation spark, Christine, is talk about a time you felt the most alive and why. Hmm. The time I felt most alive. Yes. Is the present. <gasps> Because I've experienced a lot of things in my life. Some were positive experiences. I was on top of the world, delivering the victory speech, being the valedictorian in class. I was on the bottom of the world, being locked in a QT room in a psychiatric inpatient unit. And now I'm in the middle of it all helping others, making a positive difference in my life, that of the people I love, and maybe even the world at large, God knows. And that makes me spark and gives me lasting energy. And every morning when I get up, the first thing I say, who am I going to serve today? Mm. What am I going to do today? It's a gorgeous day. Yeah. Let's use it. Yes. Mm. And that uh, brings me a lot of joy and makes me mostly happy. Not all the time. There's always little dumps. I call it your uh, life pushes you in the hole. But I found the ladder to climb out. And at the beginning, it's a little broken when you start developing it. But over time, you climb out fast and fast. And now I call it my sparkle stick. It's like a pogo stick. Life throws you in the hole, you pull a stick, back out. A few jumps and off you go. Exactly. Oh, I love it. Oh, anything else? We're, we have 15 more seconds. Or did you say it? No, and it's having fun. Mm. Having fun, making fun of yourself. Yes. Making fun of life and looking at life with a chuckle. Not saying, oh my God, the world is terrible. But yes. say, all those 8 billion ants scratching the surface of the globe, isn't it ridiculous? And each <laughs> ant thinks they're the center of the universe. <laughs> oh, so true. Oh, my gosh. Christine, may I feed back to you what I heard as so you curious. So um, to me, this is a story about resilience about finding the middle road, about uh, grasping and fully embracing and really being mindful and, and in being in the present moment 
it's about recognizing um, that life is not all um, sparkles, to use your word. <laughs> Accepting that there are darker times. And I love the, the metaphor you used of finding the ladder. And then you then you changed it. It's not just a ladder. No, it's a pogo stick. I forgot to put the timer in, so I might be going longer than two minutes. Pogo stick bouncing out. I think I have a little bit more time left. Go ahead. I enjoy that. You're good. Val all these things that I've listed are values of yours. Resilience, being in the present moment. Oh, the thing I didn't reflect back is servitude, giving back. Um, that's a huge value of yours. But also not, you're part of everyone, like, like you're part, so it's giving back to the community. You're part of the community. You're not, you know, eliminating yourself. And it's not just about you suffering all the time. You're doing activities that you love that bring you life. And that hopefully, and you're, you, there's also humility. Humility is a value of yours, I would uh, venture to say. Um, perhaps it serves the world. That's what I got. From what you said, how connected did you feel to yourself and to me as we did all this? And just what was this like for you? It was really fascinating to hear somebody else reflect that in that way. Mm -hmm. I felt it was a very good reflection of Thank how you. I feel. Thank you. And I truly appreciate you doing it. Mm, yeah. And uh, I felt hurt before in my life and it is very rewarding to feel heard yes. yes and not everybody can give that gift to another human being may i say not all of us do my belief is that we all have the capacity except for a very small percentage of the population uh you know who just don't truly don't have empathy but that's such a tiny development yes when i was young i did not i was all about putting on the show oh mm -hmm. i'm the best i'm on top of the world i'm graduating yes. on top i'm so smart yes and it took a long time for me to realize how stupid i really am my mm -hmm. mother always said to realize how stupid you are you have to be pretty smart so yes. i really so it, yes. it's interesting. Yes. I love the way you say it. And I agree. Many people take a long way to develop that capacity. So how yes. did you develop that conversation spark? Well, so I was out um, doing public speaking gigs based on my book. And in from my book and the videos that came before, I did doc many documentaries interviewing the happiest people I know, which led to the book, which led to the public speaking gigs. And I learned that happier people connect very deeply to themselves, to others, to their passions, all of which you talked about, by the way, and they're in service of others. So I was explaining all this in my public speaking gigs, hoping to inspire people to connect more deeply. And I, so I would end my talk saying, I hope I've inspired you to connect more deeply. And people would look at me, even though I just talked about it for 45 minutes or an hour, like a deer in headlights. They had no idea how to do it. So I realized, oh, gosh, I got I to gotta teach or remind people 
So I very quickly altered my public speaking gigs to make them more experiential. So I led people through this activity and underscoring themes and values, underscoring listening deeply, because as you said, or implied, we don't experience that enough in our current culture. We, and we need it we th to thrive. We must be heard. It's es as essential as air or water. We must have it. So that's how I developed this basic technique. And then I was like, okay, so I'm teaching, I'm going about doing this activity with people, but I wanted to give them you know, something in a box that they could literally take with them with all those instructions. So that's where this full heart living conversation sparks comes from. So this is, um, I always forget the number, 102 um, conversation sparks, all based on themes in my book. So things I learned from the happiest people I personally know and from the research I did from my well, book. This is a card yeah. deck, am I right? Is it it's card a card deck, deck exactly. And uh, you pick one at random and there's listening instructions. So it's, it tells people how to <clears throat> listen deeply and reflect themes and values. By the way, I want to point out, I didn't just say to you, Christine, your value is X, Y, Z and your theme is ABC. I said, from what I heard, I tried to own it as much as possible. It seems to me I, I used phrases like that because I can't really tell you what you're talking about or what your value is. It all comes through my own lens. So, and that softens in case we're a little off and all of us are gonna be a little bit off when we try to do this. Here's the thing though, I've done this how many hundreds or thousands of times on both ends. It's so rare that anybody's wrong. Like everybody captures a kernel of the truth at least. And that kernel, if we trust ourselves, it almost always is something near what the person needed to hear. And if it's not, the person might say, oh, may I, may I um, correct you? Like it might prompt them to go deeper and say what I really meant, because maybe they misspoke. What I really meant was this, and they go deeper. And then you as the listener go deeper. So that's, and again, you see, like I'm seeing you nod right now. You're really nodding. You know, and those are real conversations and people crave real conversations. They don't want to say, how's the weather tomorrow? Well, there's a place for that. We need yes. some of that. That's a, that is a way of connecting, but we need more. Most of us need more. And we, and we start with something safer, like the weather. That's always the starting point. It's okay to start that. We don't want to just, you know, oh, you know, talk about what <laughs> your I deepest like, <laughs> I like that you're saying it, it's safer because many mm -hmm. people are so afraid. Yes. Yes, but that and that's why this is there's instructions, right? There, there's all these, you know, things to make it safer. And yes, yeah, so ease in, do one at a time. Start with journal writing. Use these as journal prompts. That's another option. Connecting more deeply with yourself. That's a good tip for the listeners. And I definitely will when I put that on my website, I will put the link where they can buy that below it. Great. Thank because you. Because I think everybody that watches that will want that. Themselves. I hope so. <laughs> it's, it's a human thing. Yes. I, I talk to many, many people. Uh, I can learn something from you, and I will. Exactly. The, the, the most I always learn is from other people, yes. from clients, 
Yes. All my patients when I was a doctor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Everyone has something to teach us. The janitor, the room cleaner, uh, you know, the cashier, uh, the bus driver. Everyone we encounter has something. I totally agree with you. And Mm. there is the odd person that comes over as really nasty. And even there we can learn something from. Yes. Oh, I don't want to be. Yes. And okay, here, I love this. So not, I go for a walk or a run around a lake near my house mm-hmm. um, every day with my dog. And there are people, and I'm friendly, right? I'm like, I say hello to almost everyone. <clears throat> <laughs> hey, a smile, hi, it doesn't cost Exactly. Back. And it's it doesn't, interesting. Most people yes. say hi back, but some. Well, some don't. Some are in their own world or whatever. They don't want to say ho- hi for whatever. And it's easy for me to feel rejected when that happens. You know, that's that's because of my own wounding in my own early childhood. You know, I, I can take it personally. It can trigger me. And that's an opportunity for me to not take it personally, to go, oh, I'm having that hurt feeling that I, it did happen to me as a child. I was rejected too early in life. That's true. Right now I'm going for a walk. It's a beautiful day. And I can say hello to myself. I can have self-compassion. I can see me and know that it's not a reflection of me that so-and-so I don't even know (laughs) isn't in the mood for saying hello this morning. And they get to, they get to be in their own head or whatever they're doing. It's their, maybe they're, I don't, maybe they just had a cancer diagnosis and they can't say, hello. you know, who knows? Don't judge. You really don't know. And uh, Dr. Amen, who is one of my mentors, I really love him. And he says, You're talking Daniel Amen? Daniel Amen, yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Yes. Brain, yes, as a brain and mental health professional. Really? So you personally know him? Uh, Well, on Zoom, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, but still, that counts. And uh, I teach his courses on out school to teenagers, which is very rewarding. And one thing that he always says is, uh, um, very, I lost my thread. See, my brain. <laughs> I have to have some more green tea. Right? Oh, there you go. I'll take a sip too then. The, the water is very important for the brain. And uh, I like the way he conveys the message of mm. brain health and, and mental health and how it is all connected. Mm-hmm. And I think people like you, and teaching self-compassion and forgiveness to self and others and love yourself. That's so important in this world. So important because so many of the things that ail us, mental health and I believe physical health stem from self-rejection, self-hatred. Like ultimately that's what I do in therapy when I'm working with clients, I'm teaching them or reminding them how to love themselves. That's what I do. Ultimately, so many more things, but like, that's what it comes back to acceptance. Be truly who you are. That's another thing I was hearing from you earlier is being true to yourself. Like you were sort of living a lie. It wasn't a total lie, but you were sort of doing stuff to impress other people versus. It was a total lie. I wasn't even aware how I felt myself. I thought I was happy. I wasn't because you were doing what you thought you should be doing all that kind of stuff i, I liked what i was doing i was yes. good at what i was doing i yes. was appreciated by people i thought i was happy yes I was 
with a miserable husband, having kids, mm-hmm. and it was just a life like it was supposed to be. And right. I didn't right. even realize how unhappy I was until I had the big breakdown when I couldn't work no more. Then right. I suddenly realized all my self-worth came from working as a physician. Ah. And being appreciated by my patients, being able to help them. They're saying, oh, you're so good. You're so great. It feels good. Absolutely. I still of like course. it. Of course. But I'm no longer dependent on it. And that's a big difference. Very different. What a wonderful awakening. Oh, my gosh. Welcome, welcome, welcome <laughs> to a, a world of better, like, um, meaning and purpose and alignment you're now living in alignment or more in alignment you know that struggle to find themselves it's pretty universal and uh, one of my favorite coaches marshall goldsmith he said we all need help and it's very true oh my gosh yes yes we can't do the deepest healing in isolation it's done in connection and we need humans like you that and connected, be connected with, that are open for a deep connection. Yes. And that are safe enough and not judgmental to hurt the people that open up to them because that's what many people are afraid of and that's why they built those firm walls around them that prevent even themselves from seeing who they truly are. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I do when I'm working with people in that situation is we start with recognizing that tendency and thanking it. Thank you for protecting me. Thank you for helping me to survive. Like we honor it. We validate it. We don't toss it out and say, oh, that's the worst idea. How stupid of me. We say, no, that was a smart strategy. It's what you needed to do in those circumstances you were under. Now we're going to increase your options. So you always got that one. That one you're never going to forget. Now let's find some other options. We'll we'll experiment slowly. We'll grade up over time. And you can always revert back. Whenever you need this, you got it. And let's see what happens. Because maybe we're going to find some sparkle (laughs) doing something different. (laughs) And, 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 and it is very rewarding when it happens for yourself mm. and it's very rewarding when it happens for client or patients as I know you know even more than me so rewarding yeah. so so rewarding I can't think of anything that could be more rewarding and I had actually a client I have to publish that story she wrote a little story yeah she was extremely anxious, OCD diagnosis, you know, pump, pump full of medications. Mm. She wrote the story of a little puppy in a cage. Mm-hmm. And the master opened the door and the puppy was too afraid to get out. Right. And that story touched me to the core. And uh, yes. we worked on finding a different story for that little yes. puppy. Yes. And... Uh, oh... It reminds me so much, Christine, uh, when our son first arrived in our household, he is was adopted from Ukraine at about 18 months of life. He was a rocker. So the very first day he was in the house, after we fed him a ton of food, he crawled into the kitchen and uh, right by the sink and was rocking himself. And I just held out my hands and I was like, Elliot, I can rock you now. And he leaned into me 
and he never rocked himself again. I rocked him. Yeah, you didn't tell him. Sit still. <laughs> Best thing to do. <laughs> no, what's wrong with you? <laughs> no, 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 no shaming. Just offering. That is wonderful, you know. And uh, there's so much to be said about parenting. And um, Dr. Amen is, I, I, you, I'm not sure if you know that uh, he's associated with, uh, uh, what's his name, Faye or something, parenting with love and logic. Mm. Style. Mm. Kids need unconditional love, but they also need to see that their behavior has consequences. Oh, yes. Yes. Oh, That's yeah. often not achieved nowadays. And right. That is a source of much grief. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, yes. Both. Tell us more about your book. I'm fascinated oh, sure. by it because you don't have unlimited time, although I feel I could talk with you for yes, hours. I know. I know. And Thank there's you. a lot that the listeners really can learn from your life experience and from how you distilled it down uh, into those little conversation sparks. So initially, I thought I would devote a chapter per person I interviewed really quickly in the writing process, I realized they were saying so many of the same things that that wasn't going to work. So it ended up being topical. So by topic. And uh, so there's chapters on things like um, self-care, which is the foundation, uh, you know, attending to sleep, nutrition, moving the body. Um, because the, if we if we aren't doing those, as you know, well, probably better than I do, then we're creating inflammation in our system and our energy is devoted toward that. So if we get rid of that, then we can devote some of that energy to these other things that have an incredible payoff. There's uh, um, things, there's a chapter on gratitude. That's another thing you alluded to in that opening bit. You're, you wake up with gratitude. Ah, there you go. You're holding up your book, My Daily Sparkle of Gratitude. I love journal. it. Oh, it's a journal. Fantastic. Yes, yes. I've spent years. First thing when I wake up, I'm not doing it currently. I've got some other practices, but uh, writing three to 10 things I'm grateful for every day. Mindfulness is a chapter, celebrating simple joys, self-acceptance, resilience, um, all these are chapters and more. There's like 18 or 20 chapters, but at the core things I'll repeat, happier people connect very deeply to other people. They have a tribe or if tribe feels too big, they have a handful of people. If that feels too big, they got three people. We, I think we all need a minimum of three people that, that we can count on, that we feel, um, love us, that we love back and that we spend time in their presence uh, soaking up that love, giving that love. So that's absolutely number one by far, connecting to other people. Number two, happier people connect deeply to themselves. They know who they are. They honor their rhythms. They're in the present moment, which you talked a lot about at the beginning. Uh, so mindfulness, embracing the moment, not being distracted by memories of the past or worries about the future. No, being right here, right now, so I can take in all this goodness that is the present moment. Connecting with passions, having activities that people enjoy. Happier people get into that flow state. 
that losing all sense of themselves and all sense of time, passions, things, that, hobbies, or maybe it's for pay, things, they activities they absolutely adore. And when they do any or all of these in the service of others, making the world a better place, contributing to the betterment of all, that's when it just all comes together. Connecting self, passions, others in the service. There you go. Awesome. In a nutshell. That all creates not just happiness, but a meaningful life. Yes. And I've worked with dying people on a palliative care station and I yes. talked to them and they all have regrets. And none of them said, I wish I had made more money. I wish I had been a meaner, more nastier person. <laughs> they said, mm -hmm. I wish I had spent more time with the people I loved. I wish I had spent, uh, taken the risk to do the things that I really wanted to do in life. Yes. There's a chapter on risk taking, by the way. Uh, yes. Happier people do take more risks. Not it has jumping to be off measured the... risk. Exactly. Not jumping off the cliff. Measured no. risk. Yes, exactly. At the risk of starting a business, which is not easy yes. to do. No, that's one of the scariest things any of it. That's one of the hardest things I ever did. No, I went bankrupt. Oh, that was a risk. It's you a risk. What? It's the game of life and the game of business. It's a very exciting game. I love mm -hmm. it. Both of them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the payoff. Even if you go bankrupt, the payoff is so good, right? You learn so much and you have these experiences that you would never have working for someone else or a corporation. Yeah, you know, I really feel in life, there's nothing better than living the life. Yes, <laughs> it's kind of the idea, isn't it? <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Go figure. <laughs> Sounds really stupid, it's okay. I don't mind being the center of laughing at Hitch. That is so much fun. Absolutely. Oh, it's the best. And it's a, and what a joy to laugh with you, Christine. That's another thing in that connecting with other people, happier people, they have someone they can share their, their sadness with. They also share the joy and have that goofy laughter over kind of nothing over stupid little things. <laughs> but why you know, not? Laughter is a great stress reliever and type. <sighs> And a good joke at the right place makes a big... I even use joke when I coach. Uh -huh. Sometimes to emphasize a point. Yes, yes, yes. It is, it is a lot of fun when... And, and you have experienced that for sure when somebody comes to you depressed and crying oh, and yes, they end up yes. laughing with you. That's... Yes, that's the amazing thing. So I work a lot with, uh, with trauma survivors, Christine. And every session, even though we can be talking about the most harrowing thing, we also find something absurd to crack up together about. Like, again, it's all the, even in one session, it's all there. It's all part of it. You're right. And, and this pandemic is a classic example. What we do about stress and unfortunate circumstances. And no matter what side you are on of the vaccine discussion, doesn't matter. I spoke to both parties and it is very unfortunate that it pulled families apart and really caused a lot of strife. But you have only two ways of looking at it. One way is to despair what's happening in the world. And the other way is you look at it and say, isn't that ridiculous? And start laughing about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. And embrace the despair when this despair is there. So here's another. This is why I called it full heart living. Happier people live with the full heart. 
which is which does despair sometimes. So if despair is coming up, happier people embrace it. Oh, I'm sad right now. I'm angry right now. I'm mad. I'm pissed as can be. They know it's temporary. They allow whatever feeling is there to run its course and to provide its sacred message. Every emotion has a sacred message in my experience, in my belief. So the idea is to open up to it, find out, look at it. Where is this occurring in my body? What is that body part telling me? What does this experience have to teach me? And use it to motivate you to do whatever needs to be done. Maybe it's nothing. Maybe it's, I need to rest right now. Maybe I need to just slow down. Maybe it's, I need to get out in the world and make a difference and say no to injustice. And how do you see it when you come to physical sickness? Because I see many patients or clients complain about headache. And then I ask them, so uh, who's causing, who's, who's, who's your pain in the head? Who's causing your pain in the head? <laughs> Usually it's a husband relationship issue or the burden of the world weighs hard on their neck and, and shoulders and causes pain. Absolutely. Isn't that beautiful to use the metaphor? That's why I'm saying, so yes, I, I do the, a similar thing. So where does that show up in your body? What is that experience like? Put, try to put words to it. Use metaphors, use colors, use all your senses. See what comes up as best you can. See Whatever comes to your mind, just let it flow. Let your, let, let your mouth speak. See what happens. And then, you know, sometimes it's, our insides speak to us symbolically. Like I had a client talking about, I've got a monkey on my back. I've got a monkey on my back. What's the monkey? Who's the monkey? Similar thing. Who is this monkey? What is the monkey? Sometimes we externalize um, symptoms. So what does headache have to tell you? What is headache asking of you now? So not blaming your headache, you headache, you know, your headache. No, put it kind of put it out there. And it's not, it's not like dissociating, ignoring, saying it isn't part of you. It's just for the sake of getting to know it better. Sometimes it helps to have a little distance. See what the message is. Invite kind of, again, I, I spoke about beyond the veil earlier, right? There's other stuff out there and using our full brain or our full heart, by the way, I don't think you can really separate the two. <laughs> we are one. We are one. It's just a metaphor. We have to split it up for convenience. Yes. Are just a label. Yes. One thing that I particularly hate is psychiatric labels. Mm. The DSM-5 should be burned on the stake. <laughs> well, I can tell you there's some yes. utility because every now and then, I, I don't use it much either, except when I have to for insurance purposes, to be totally well, that's, honest. That's one of the benefits of, yes. of it. it. It helps to administer insurance. Well, and sometimes people feel validated by a diet every now and then. Oh, you mean other people have major depression or dysthymia? Oh, that's helpful to them. But usually it's not helpful. The vast majority of the time, it, a diagnosing does not help people. I, so I'm, I'm with you. It, it, it depends. And, and I agree with you fully that you say in some instances, it can be helpful for a patient to learn, okay, I have that diagnosis. Uh, my doctor says I'm bipolar. That's why I have swings. 
And then they have to step back and say, what can I do to help that? Mm -hmm. Are there any natural approaches? Do I really need those heavy hitters? I call them zombie pills. Some of them really are. Sometimes they're appropriate, but often they are natural approaches. And And why not eliminate those first or at least rule them out? Yes. I'm, I'm deeply saddened to have recently discovered the statistics that they give antipsychotics to toddlers. Mm. I don't see any justifications in that. No. The only reason would be to soothe the parents, but they need parenting help, not. So that that is something that really saddens me sometimes. Oh, it's devastating. Yes. Mm. Makes me want to reach out and create a parenting program. Right. To help the parents do something else with their kids. But yes. These, well, such services are desperately needed, and that is someone's calling. If it's your calling, please step forward. And if any of your listeners, if you think by yourself, there's something I can do to not only help myself, but also those I love in the world at large, maybe have the courage, do it, try it. Yes. What yes. can happen? Yes. People can Even... love you, people can say, they're an idiot. They said that to me. I'm still alive. That's fine. Exactly. Same here. People said far worse things than that to me. <laughs> yeah, to me. Well, I won't repeat that. No, I don't even want to go there, but it has happened. That's <laughs> okay. Well, and the other thing on that that comes to mind, Christine, is the whole wounded healer thing. So not infrequently, I encounter people who say I would like to be a healer, but I can't. I have to heal myself first. You know, I'm not healed enough myself. Now, every now and then there may be some truth to that. Basically, it's a bunch of bunk, <laughs> right? Am I uh, perfectly healed from every psychological wound? I have absolutely not. I am in process. I'm still in process, even though I've been doing this work almost 40 years and even longer than that, doing my own personal development work. I've, I have not arrived. I will never arrive. I like that. Alive, right? I just wanted to ask you. <laughs> If you're fully healed, wouldn't that be the same that you transition to the afterworld? Yes, yes. It is? I think yes, yes, exactly. It's learning and it's the way that is the goal. Yes. It is many people and you hear that certainly all the time. They say, oh, I'll be happy when. Yes, yes. So here's the thing. My own woundedness teaches me so much. My own woundedness helps me. Uh, understand other people so much better and relate to them and provide that safe space that we've alluded to a few times during our time together today. So use your woundedness, use it to help that, that, like through it is your gift, right? We learn so much from our woundedness and the resilience and the healing that comes from it. Don't let that stop you. So Tom, we have to wrap it up. I hate it because I love our conversation. If somebody really feels sparked by that conversation and uh, wants to contact you and say, I want to talk to Tom, I want to talk with him and have him listen to me and listen, me listen to what he has to tell me. How can they reach you? Where can they get your books? Hold them up so everybody sees them again. All right. This is the conversation sparks. This is the book, Full Heart Living, Conversations with the Happiest People I Know. Easiest way is to go to Full Heart 
H-E-A-R-T, living.com. There's a link for both these products there. And of course there's contact and the, the videos that I referred to uh, are all available there for free as also a free workbook. So every chapter ends with workbook activities. That's all available for free to download uh, at fullheartliving.com. And social media, of course, folks can find me on Instagram and Facebook. That's amazing, Tom. Thank you so much. And I will make sure the links are all underneath the video and in the show notes and everywhere. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Christine. So this has been another show of Sparkles for Mental Health, Growth in Five Dimension. Thank you for listening and make sure to tune in to the next episode. Bye-bye.